Hey everybody, this is Brian Brodeur, and Alex Aldea is again sitting in as guest host for me here on the East Main Podcast. Here's part two of his conversation. Take it away, Alex. Let's talk about your style of filmmaking that you're doing now, which is mostly on the commercial side of things. Yeah, mostly on the commercial side, yeah. And it's an interesting thing. A lot of big directors have gotten their first major big films via commercial. Ridley Scott is the big famous one. Mm -hmm. But even if they didn't get to feature filmmaking from commercials, I guarantee you the vast majority of them are now doing commercials, you know, in some way or another. Partly because they're going out and doing a miniature film within the span of a couple of weeks. And you should be doing it about every month. So you'll have at least 12 commercials by the end of the year. Wow. It is a fantastic way of becoming a better and better filmmaker. But I think the other thing is it's a wonderful way of learning your particular craft of filmmaking before you're actually in the hot seat of directing a feature. Because you really have to be an artist and you have to pitch yourself as a particular artist with a point of view that is unique to only you. And if you don't do that right, you will not be a successful commercial director. You have to be able to find a way to explain what your style is to advertisers and clients. And then if you're successful with that, they'll give you money to go and do a big commercial. They give you money, huh? That's that's always yeah. a nice exchange. Oh, uh, it's a with... novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen your filmmaking style in the commercial realm. I mean, it's that far and yep. away, over the horizon, huge sweeping vistas, yep. the landscapes, mm-hmm. gorgeous shots, sunsets, the whole spiel. Now, I'm curious because I know your star is rising in a huge way on the international scene. That vision, that way of shooting, is that very popular internationally? So I think it is popular in the States here as well. Mm -hmm. I think that for whatever reason, I'm doing much larger commercials overseas than I am in the States. And I think part of the reason for that is when you go to a foreign country, if somebody comes to our country, they just have an innately different point of view. And it's real. It's not just talk. They come to it and they see the world a little bit differently. And, you know, we crave that. Same as overseas. I just flew in from Mexico yesterday, and we're talking about a job for Trident. We're not quite there yet, but we'll see. I'm the only international director in the discussions here. Wow. So in a way, they're looking for a more globalized point of view with this project. But in the big picture, whatever style I'm bringing, it's resonating with brands overseas right now. That's not to say that I'm not getting jobs from the domestic market that is looking for that over-the-horizon aspirational style of filmmaking. There's definitely a lot of that. The U.S. market is the most competitive. It is really tough. So if you can make it in the U.S., you can definitely make it overseas. But it's fun. I mean, you get to travel. You get to work in different countries. You get to see the world. And wherever you go, filmmakers are filmmakers. They still know what a C-stand is. They work with the same cameras, <laughs> the same equipment. They speak the same language. As one friend in India said, different continent, same shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's very true. So, But, I mean, you've worked with Samsung, Sony, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I mean, huge, yes. huge companies in India and in other places. So I have seen these commercials, and they just blew me away. Thank you. Talk about your way of shooting and your directorial style when you shoot commercials a little bit, because it is 
somewhat different than a lot of others. Mm-hmm. Uh, other people work small. I would say you work big, and you do that really well. Well, I'm comfortable working with a big perspective, but mm-hmm. there's a way in which you do it where whether or not you come up with the big winning grand vista shot first or not, I don't know. I mean, I think every project is a little bit different, but I have no problem trying to make the commercial feel big. But I think the way in which you do it is you have to start with a small perspective where it's not to get too circular in our conversation. It (laughs) starts literally with the actors, their point of view. I mean, I'll take one commercial in particular, as an example here, which is something I just wrapped up for Virgin Galactic, you start out with a commercial about space, and it's a commercial about a big vantage point looking back at the Earth and seeing the Earth for the very first time. That's what they're selling. So where do you start? You know, you start with just one point of view, and it's got to be very tight, got to be very close. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first shot of the film, is an astronaut, very tight, very close looking, at the horizon. You can just see the horizon line in his visor. And then you bring it up to the big, big picture of getting up into space and getting up into that huge vantage point. So you got to start, I mean, to be able to see the big picture, you have to start with the smallest possible thing. And that journey of going from the tiniest perspective to the largest perspective, that's what I think defines my work is being able to take that journey from the small to the large. It's like a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, it sure is, man. I, like I said, I've seen your commercials, and they're very, I guess I'd use the word satisfying, because I see oh, them, and, yeah. and I was like, you get these gorgeous pictures and bright colors, and I remember the one you did, I think it was for Sony in India, where they were doing mm-hmm. the color festival, and there's just mm-hmm. throwing yeah. colors, and it just everything was yeah. so, it looked like fireworks, but with color, with powder, right. I guess. Yeah. And that's where you start with a child's perspective and you start very small and he's walking along the riverside and he finds these colorful marbles, which turns into the brand of Sony. Mm -hmm. But he uses those marbles to reinvigorate a dead tree and it comes to life and starts spreading these beautiful colored leaves, which, yes, we colored all those leaves by hand. (laughs) (laughs) Even in this day and age, Um, you still got to do that. That's incredible. I'm a fan of practical effects. I I mean, I really am. I mean, like I do a lot of big effects, but if you can do it in camera first, it just makes the job easier down the line. It also makes it feel more real. To bring it back to this Virgin Galactic, our mutual friend Kyle Paul was the astronaut in it that floated through the hull of the ship. We shot that with no CGI in that, Uh, except for we painted in the picture of the Earth and the portholes. But essentially, we built the ship upright like a skyscraper. Mm-hmm. And we put the camera at the bottom of the skyscraper, so to speak, the bottom of the hull of the ship, right, looking upward. Sure. But you wouldn't know it because you were looking through the camera. It would look like everything was right side up. But all he had to do was just hang from a single climbing rope mm-hmm. and float right down to the camera to make it look like he was traveling in zero gravity right. that hid the ropes. There was no paint out for the ropes and it all worked a little bit of color correction. And then yes, we did paint in the image of the earth through the portholes of the ship, but ultimately there's no CGI that was really needed to make that shot look real. So if you start with practical effects first, mm-hmm. it just makes things feel more real. You get these weird imperfections that should be in there. 
Mm-hmm. Also, you get the added bonus where the crew, every, everybody understands what you're going for. You know, if you can see it. Yeah. And for something like, let's just take that as an example. How much of that was your full input, you know, in terms of the idea behind the setting up of the rigging and, and, and all the stuff for the rappelling? Or did you count more on your director of photography or DP to? So in that particular case, because I come from a cinematographer's background, every aspect of that particular shot came from me just sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to do this. Now, I want to be very clear here. That was in that particular instance. I definitely would advise finding yourself a very strong cinematographer with a point of view, somebody that meshes well with you stylistically, but also somebody that will be able to speak up and say, hey, I think maybe it should be like this. Have you ever considered something else? If you get a good check and a balance sort of like flow going with your cinematographer, something that's healthy, you're just going to be a better filmmaker. This whole business is collaboration. You just have to figure out how to keep the ship moving in in the right direction Mm -hmm. because everybody wants to get to the destination. Your job as a director is to get there in a way that is right for your vision. And they're there to help realize that vision. But the execution process of a lot of this stuff, you want to rely upon your department heads, the art director, cinematographer, right down to the sound, the color, the editing, everything. You want your department heads to have a very strong point of view Mm -hmm. to make sure that their vision is coming through and enabling yours. It's a tricky process (laughs) to get right because you want very strong opinions in the room. Sure. And as a director, there's a fair amount of management that has to happen. So you have that management expertise of managing, as you say, department heads, and they, in turn, managing their own departments, whether it's makeup or wardrobe or hair or whatever it is, set design, everything. you got to be judge and jury about whether or not your ego is coming into play. With that particular shot that we just discussed, the Zero Gravity Show, Virgin Galactic, you know, in that particular instance, I felt like, okay, I know what I'm doing and it should be this way. And I see it very clearly. But for every other shot throughout that entire commercial, the cinematographer was mostly coming up with, okay, it should be this particular angle or that particular uh, lighting technique for that scene. Mm-hmm. And then you see that decision-making power over to them because you've imparted your vision to them. And then they've taken the baton and they've run out and brought it to a much deeper level. But you have to be able to juggle and manage when it's right to really enable them or sort of course correct them, let's say, and listen. <laughs> and listen. Spend most of your time. Yeah, you, you have to spend most of your time trying to make sure that you're following your own vision in a way that makes sense. But sometimes you yourself have to course correct it. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. Visit jlc-accounting.com. And by Tap Into TV, original video programming covering topics of interest in New Jersey, New York, and beyond. Visit tapintotv.net. 
directorial style-wise, I mean, I've worked with directors who give you line readings and they want you to do everything exactly how they want you to do it. And I've worked with other directors. They'll just have everyone on set come by and take a look at the take and say, hey, is everybody happy with the take? If not, we'll do another take. No problem. And there are all kinds of collaborative. Where do you fall in that line? So I, okay, I used to be a total purist (laughs) in don't ever give an actor a line read. Okay. Because I came out of Atlantic Studio Theater Company. And so I was priding myself on being an actor's director, Mm -hmm. right? Over the years, I've softened in extreme circumstances to the line reading. <laughs> sure. But it, and I think actors understand sometimes where it's just, it, there could be no other communication like, okay, this is what has to happen. And I will admit, there has been a couple instances where I realized that, oh, crap, I just overstepped the line where that was not helpful in mm-hmm. a line read. Sure. And you can never be perfect. I mean, it's a high-pressure place. You're trying to make sure that everybody is understanding what you want. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, every now and then you realize, oh, crap, you know, that wasn't helpful to give that actor a line read like that. <laughs> Let me take a step back, give them some space and just let them work. You know, I don't have a elegant sort of like unified perspective on this. Sure. Every project is so different. But I think when in doubt, I think it is smarter to try to enable your actors with as much communication and understanding about where they're coming from, literally, but also emotionally. What do they want out of the scene? What do they want to accomplish? I think that that is so important, even if you're shooting something where it is just a tableau breakfast scene Mm -hmm. and all you're doing is just capturing a moment in a commercial or a film where nothing's really happening. You still have to tell the actors that they're trying to accomplish something in that scene because it will just, for some reason, it will feel more real. Whether or not the camera picks that up, the audience picks that up or not, it doesn't matter. It's going to be a more efficient scene for you. Sure. And you might surprise yourself. You might actually get something that might be kind of interesting that you never thought of. So it's crucial to work from the perspective they teach in theater schools. (laughs) (laughs) It's very straightforward try to keep those emotions truthful and real as we talk i'm staring at storyboards that are plastered all over the wall (laughs) and there's a montage here in one of these commercials where it's just a series of faces looking into the camera Mm -hmm. toward the end of the commercial to build up to the logo right we've all seen them sure they're like in every single aspirational commercial well every single one of those shots where the actors looking into the camera you have to give them a piece of direction which is truthful and in this particular case it is to find their best self radiating through so every single person has a different piece of direction and if they understand it and it works then i think it makes a better more efficient scene absolutely it's a long-winded way of trying to answer your question no no way. i think it's actually a very succinct and very nice way to answer that covered all the bases so any particular projects that folks should be watching out for that you've got coming up or anything you want to chat about? Yeah, I would say we covered the Virgin Galactic, which sure. is on my website. I just wrapped up a really cool campaign for Gap. And those are sort of the two major things that I have going on. I have a project with a comedian friend of mine who we created together. It was called The Agent of Trump. <laughs> Surprisingly, it's not that political. Okay. You don't really take a political point of view. Sure. But essentially, the premise of the web series, as it is, is 
what if the main advisor to our president was a Hollywood entertainment agent? And okay. every talent episode, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, talent agent, right? This sleazy talent agent only interacts with our president over the phone. Now, let's so just be clear, not regular. all agents are sleazy, clearly. No, no, the vast majority <laughs> of them are just fine, actually. <laughs> but this is like one of those anachronistic Hollywood agents that's somehow stuck at a time. He's, he's, sure. he's coming from a 1950s fast-talking perspective. <laughs> he, he probably belongs in the Rat Pack. <laughs> that's hilarious. But we take the sound bites from Donald Trump that you actually see in the news and we actually craft a conversation, oftentimes argument between the president and his Hollywood talent agent. So it's <laughs> oddly enough, it's not very political. It just it's more of a of a descent into madness between two people who have very strong opinions. <laughs> very interesting. I, I can't wait to check All that taking out. Taking place over the phone. But for my regular work, sure. the things that really get me excited. This Virgin Galactic commercial was very special to me because it just championed everything that I'm excited about. The future, where we are today, I'm a very optimistic person, and going to space, which I think could not be a more exciting concept for where we are in history. Absolutely. So Virgin Galactic Gap, you know, those are the two main things that I'm really excited about right now. That's great, man. If folks are interested in getting to see more of your work, where can they get in touch with you? What websites should we direct them towards? best place is my personal website, CordonWagner.com. So it's C-O-R-Y-D-O-N-W-A-G-N-E-R. Yep, exactly. You'll see the main commercials that I lead with, and if you want to see a custom reel, just shoot me an email, and one of my producers can send over sort of a customized reel as per the project or maybe whatever genre you might want to check out. But I've done over 50 commercials. I've probably done over two or 300 videos that are commercial in nature. So I've done quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. You'll only see about eight commercials on the site, which is kind of standard for what we typically do as directors. You only put your best work first. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great, man. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for Thank joining you. us. And for, this is fun. Yeah, absolutely. Can you believe we've been talking for an hour? And it, it I, that so was by lickety split. I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but you've got such a great way about you, man. I oh, mean, well, you, thank you. you I appreciate you really it. Do. And you're an easy guest to interview because you get a lot of great stuff going on. So thank you again for joining us. And I will talk to you soon. Definitely. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a great Wonderful one. talking. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of East Main Media, hosted by Brian Brodeur. Special thanks to audio engineer J.P. Conk and senior producer Kayla Galka. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a good rating. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com. And thanks for listening.